Thank you, Jesus. Are you guys doing okay? Are you awake? Praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Where can I start, Pastor Tom? I just wanted to say thank the Lord for all the blessings that we have received. Sometimes uh, you need, so, you want some things and you didn't get it, but it's because of the Lord knows better than we, are, than we do. So we just thank him for everything. We thank the Lord. So let's, let's go quickly to the word. Um, I guess that some of the youth are staying here today because of the... Uh, uh, the cafe is selling food and all that stuff, so just bear with us a little bit. Um, it's going to be okay. <laughs> I know the Psalms, uh, Pastor Tom read uh, Psalm 24, and uh, a Psalm for the, uh, I felt the Lord gave it to me for a year, but uh, I felt in my spirit that we're not there yet, so I continually read the same Psalm every Sunday for the uh, Spanish congregation in Psalm 15. Uh, somebody is translating for me that it's the first time. So if uh, you don't get all the translation the right way, you need to forgive her. The Lord says, you have to forgive. If you don't forgive, then you will not be forgiven. So if the... Si ella no le puede traducir todo bien, porque hablo muy rápido, se me olvida que ella está traduciendo, tiene que perdonarla. Porque Dios dijo, tiene que perdonar. Y si no perdona, Dios no lo perdona. Okay? All right, Psalm 15. And I read every Sunday because we're not there yet. And I believe that we, we should strive to live this kind of life in Psalm 15. It says, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? And he answered. He says, he whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous. Who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander in his tongue. Who does his neighbors no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow men. Who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord. Who keeps his oath even when it hurts. Who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. That's a wonderful song. So I strive to have that. My wife reminds me all the time. She says, remember, hon, you promise. Don't forget. You promise. So you have to do what you promise. Jesus. God is always right. Don't you hate when people tell you all the time that they are right? <laughs> Don't you hate to hang out with people who think they always have it together? <laughs> And no matter what they do and no matter what you say, they say that they're right to do or to act or to behave the way they do. And they have a reason why. All that stuff. Don't you hate that? I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> but one thing that we know, or at least we ask God to help us to understand that he's always right. He's never wrong. Never. Don't, don't you feel like, I'm sorry to say it like this, but don't you feel almost like you hate that? <laughs> no, I know, Miss Addy, we don't. But, uh, I mean, when, when, we, when we know that he's right, 
and you think you're right, and you find out that you're wrong, you feel like, oh, my God. <laughs> so it's a good thing to know that he's always right. And I have to start, I have to start the service by, by saying to you that God is incomprehensible. A new word for me, Lisa, today. <laughs> incomprehensible. God is incomprehensible. In other words, there's no way that you fully understand God. He would never allow any human being, no matter how intellectual you are, they, for you to figure him out or to put him in a box and say, ah, I know how he works. I know how he does his things. Never. He will not allow a human being to really fully understand him or to put him in a box. And they were almost like controlling him and do the thing. Oh, I know how he does it. We can never know him completely. We have, though, we have some knowledge, some knowledge about him. We do? We have some, we, we can have some knowledge about him for the, for the Bible is full of details about who God is. Don't you know that? The Bible is full of detail, and it tells you all the things about who God is. We have to read it <laughs> to understand it. The Bible has hundreds, hundreds of verses that tells us that God is love. How many, how many here knows that God is love? He is love. We don't understand in situations, things that goes in our life, and you can say, how in the world could that be love? You would not understand it. To see somebody in the wheelchair, not be able to move any of her body, how can you think or say in the human thinking that that's love? We can't. That's why you never be able to understand God. He does things to make you love him. I see the love of God in those faces of these people that we serve on Friday. And that's the reason when you do it, you do it with such a love that you're doing it for the Lord. It is such a blessing. So hundreds of verses... And the Bible tells us that he is love. One of the verses, and, and many, I mean, you can look it up and there's so many. But one of the verses that really kind of got to me was Romans 5, 8. That says that God demonstrates his love for us in this. And what? That even though we are sinners, he showed his love for us. Even though we are sinners. Even though we basically were separated from him, hating him, he showed his love for us. How many of us can say that the Bible also is full of scriptures, hundreds of scriptures, describing God that he is good? Amen. So how we describe God? He's always right. He's always, he, he always, he is love and he's always good. So no matter what you see, no matter what happened to your life, no matter what you go through or anything that happened to your life, 
you have to remember if you're a believer that he is right, he is love, and he's always good. I might not understand what I'm going through. You might have a hard time, whatever it is. But if you remember those words, God is right. He is love and he is good. No matter what I go through. The Bible also tells us that his ways are not our ways. So that's the reason that things don't go, sometimes doesn't happen the way you think. Or the way I want. Because my ways is not his ways. And I'm, and I'm one of his children and he knows better than I do. And he says, no, I don't want you to go that way. And I'm probably kicking and screaming, doing all kinds of things because I want it my way. I see that with my grandson. You know, sometimes we, we use uh, our kids. Somebody, I heard somebody say, if you live with a pastor, you have, you have the right to remain silent. Because what you say might be used in the sermon. <laughs> so I'm going to have to tell Grayson that my grandson, that he has the right to remain silent because otherwise I will use it here. <laughs> but sometimes he kicking and screaming. He wants his way no matter how dangerous it can be, no matter how bad it is. And, and you see as a parent, you see as a grandparent, my daughter as a mother, she sees it. And you have to scream to him and hold him because kicking and screaming, he wants that. And I think we do the same with God. Many times we, we, we cry out and we scream out and we fast for 40 days and, and we do everything because I want this. And the Lord says, you're not going to get it. <laughs> you can kick and scream, but you know what? I'm not going to give it to you yet. I'm not going to give it. It's no time for you to have that. It's no time for my grandson to have a knife in his hand. <laughs> no, there's no time for that. So no matter how much kicking and screaming he does, I'm going to take the knife from, away from him no matter what. And that's the same thing with God with us. His ways is not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He thinks better than we do. Thank God. Thank God that he thinks better than we do. Amen. Thank God that his ways is not the same way as mine because we are being in a ditch, both of us. <laughs> So thank God that his ways are not my, our ways. The Bible tells us, the Bible tells us how can we, how can we know him or how can we have eternal relationship with him? The Bible tells us that. How can we get to know him and how we can have relationship with him? But one thing you have to know, that you can never, we can never know enough to answer all our life questions. You never know. You can't, have, you can't have the answer of all the questions that we have. Why a child is born with a sickness, with some kind of sickness. Why a child will die a year or a month or who knows when. Why a young person die out of nowhere. Why somebody lived to 100 years and they never get sick. There's a lot of questions in life that you will never get to have the answer. And Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, he has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. No one. When he says no one, there's no one. Nobody knows 
what God has done from the beginning to an end. We can probably imagine a little bit. We read the Bible and we kind of had a glimpse of everything. But he will never reveal to you everything he has done. Never. And why is that? Many people will, will have a hard time understanding or some things that God does. And they want to they every, do everything to find out. Let me give you a, uh, a hint so that you can take it home. Read Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says that the secret things belongs to the Lord. So it's some things that he would choose not to reveal to you or to me. He might reveal it to Pastor Tom, but he chooses not to reveal it to me. He might choose to reveal it to my neighbors, but not to me. So whatever it is, God has chosen to some secret things belongs to him. And those that he revealed to you, what is it for? It says that it's for you and your children. So whatever God reveals to me, he's telling me it is for you to teach your children. So some things God will never reveal, some things are secret, and those belongs to him. Like somebody says, how do you know that we have eternal life? The only way I know is because the Bible says it. I haven't been in heaven I haven't seen anybody there. Jesus says, nobody has seen the Father, only he who came from the Father. So I don't know, even know what God looks like, but he's my Father. I trust him. I trust what the Bible says. That's the only thing we have. You don't have any, anything else to go by. You have to have faith and believe and understand that whatever is in the Bible is written for our instructions and for us to follow because this is what we have. This is the manual of a human being that we have to follow. We cannot predict our own future or manipulate God to do what we want. So stop thinking that we can manipulate God to give me whatever I want. I have to just follow and stay with him, have faith that he is my father, that he knows better than I do, and whatever I want or, or need or ask, I have to depend on him. I have to totally submit to him and wait when he gives it to me. For he knows the time and he knows when I can handle whatever I, I'm asking. Life, is always, life always creates more questions than we have answer. Amen? Amen. Did, you, did you ever find out that life creates always more questions? Tomorrow you have different questions than today. And always, always creating different questions, but we don't have the answers. Let me give you a Willy example. <laughs> oh, no. I think of ourselves, or at least this is how I look. I look that we are like a box, and we are tools. So we are tools of the Lord, and he's going to open the box, and for whatever he needs that day, whatever it is that he's, he's doing, he's going to take whatever tool that he needs. So I assume that he doesn't take um, a screwdriver to dig a hole. I assume that he takes a shovel. Don't you think? This is, this is how I think. I, I work outside a lot and I'm always doing something. So I, I think of those things and I think this is how it is. A nail is not a tool, but it's an object that we use to hold two things together. I'm thinking a two by four. 
So imagine you being a nail. How are you going to get to get two to pieces of wood together? You have to be, somebody have to hammer you in the head. <laughs> yes or no? I, I would hate to be the nail. But God is saying to you and to me, you are the nail who holds your family together. And sometimes he has to use a hammer to hit, in, to, hit, to hit us in the head and remind us who we are. No. <laughs> My wife is not the hammer. <laughs> sometimes the Holy Spirit in her is. <laughs> um, so. The, head, the, the nail have to go through it. Have to go through a hard surface. It have to really penetrate the wood to hold it together. But it cannot do it by itself. It have to have the hammer to hit him in the head. So what I'm what I'm thinking and seeing all this, Lord, when we don't understand something and we have no clue what it is, but you you you. Kind of hit us in the head and said, listen, this is the way it's going to be because I wanted to get you through this hard time so that you can hold this thing together. So that you can hold your family together. So that you can hold the ministry together. So that you can have hold on yourself and understand that I'm in control and I need to get you through this hard surface. You might have to be hit in the head, but you hold those pieces together. If we go through that discipline, we go through the, the circumstances of life, God is saying you need to go through those because if you don't, everything will fall apart. And we have to, so that was, that's, that's really example. If it makes any sense to you, it makes sense to me. I try it. I put two, <laughs> I put two nails in a two by four to see if it works and I have to hit it like five times. And probably the nail would say, my goodness, don't hit me that, that much. So, <laughs> so we, might, we must ask God always for a fresh understanding of our life dilemma. Every day you have to ask God. Every day you get up in the morning and you say, Lord, today probably is going to be a different issue in my life. I'm not going to have the same problem as yesterday. Maybe some of them are still trick a little bit. And I know how to handle those. But whatever problems is, is gonna, I'm going to face today, I want you to give me a fresh understanding of what is going to happen today. Because I have no clue what's going to happen. You have no clue what the day, the day will bring. So you have to, in the morning, prepare yourself and say, Lord, I want a fresh understanding of what the life is bringing for me today. How I'm going to handle that. Nothing... Compared to God. So you no, don't call Pastor Willie to find out how you should handle your problems. Don't call Pastor Tom. I might give you direction. Maybe I pray for you. <laughs> Maybe I give you an advice how to handle stuff. But don't compare anybody to God. God cannot be compared. Only he, you got to compare God to God. It's no one higher than him. That's right. When he makes a covenant, he cannot have anybody to make, to sign the paper or have it notarized by somebody. He have to make a covenant with himself. 
and he has to notarize it himself because he is himself and he is the only one that hired. So you can't do anything. You can't have somebody else taking the place of God. Never, ever compare God with anything or anybody. Never. Because it will never work. Everything from heaven to earth is less than God. Everything. Nothing can be compared or, or to be in his level. His powers and presence are awesome. You ever been in places where the presence of the Lord is manifested? I, I pray that one day when those kids, I hope it happen, Brother Vince and Christy, that one day in Night to Shine, we stand over here and pray for those kids and everybody get healed. Amen. Everybody start walking, man. The presence of God is so awesome. We have seen it, how the, how the demonic cry. I, I, was, I was saying this the other day when we were in Argentina. Uh, we went to different places. Pastor Tom was there, but we went to a different church. And I, I was preaching in this small church. And uh, we, the team came to the front and, and the end of the service. And I said to them, you know, whoever needs prayer, you'll find out that when you go to another country, everybody needs prayer. Here, you say, you want to come for prayer? You got three people. <laughs> I don't know. In the United States, nobody needs prayer. <laughs> but we went to Argentina and, and the whole church. So we had like eight people. It was lying in every person. So this lady comes. I, I went down and I had this line waiting. This old lady was in front of me. And um, she needed prayer. So I kind of asked him, you know, what can I pray for? And she started, started telling me all these things. I mean, from her hair to the nails, everything hurt her. Everything was hurting. And <laughs> poor lady. So sometimes I say jokingly, I'm not gonna, I was not going to say that, but jokingly, jokingly, sometimes I say, it's because you're old. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, we're just kidding. <laughs> um, so I was just going to pray for her in this line like this. And so you, you can see the power that is in the name of Jesus. I go to her, I put my arms like this, and I say, in the name of Jesus, a girl, there was two people behind her, she was behind, she was one person, and then the girl was here. When I, when I say, in the name of Jesus, that girl flipped, I mean, boom, and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I was surprised that the name of Jesus has so much power. <laughs> Yes. So you, the name of Jesus, Amen. God has so much power that it's incredible, or, or for, at least for us in our own mind, to really grasp that, the power that God has. So his presence is awesome. When we speak, when, I'm sorry, when he speaks, you must listen. Do you know that when God speaks, even the clouds, the ocean, the earth, everything, the creation, listen to him. But we're a little bit disobedient. We're like my grandson. You say no, he thinks it's yes. <laughs> we, we don't listen too well. So I, I suggest to you, well, then when he speaks, we better listen. You must obey him. Listen to what he says. Too often, many Christians presume to speak for God. Too many Christians sometimes presume that we speak for God or we put words in his mouth. I remember a couple. 
they were living together and uh, in the Christian walk, knowing the word, understanding all these things, we call that disobedience. Yes or no? If you live together and you're not married, you are living in sin. Yes or no? Yes, we do, right? Amen? Come on. I want to hear amen. amen. Everybody. Yeah. You're living in sin. You're, you're fornication, whatever you call that. Okay. So they live it together. They're living in sin. They disobey God, but they're Christian. So she was pregnant. And um, about two months later, I think, he says to me, Pastor Willie, we're going to have a boy. I said, you're going to have a boy? He said, yes. My wife is pregnant. We're going to have a boy. I said, well, you, do you already have a, what do you call that thing, the ultrasound, whatever? I said, you went to that? Oh, no, no, no. We don't need that because God told me that I'm going to have a boy. And I give him one of, my, one of Willie's way of answering things. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that somebody's watching. So, anyway, listen. So, <laughs> I say, are, are you sure God told you that? He says, oh, yeah, God told me that I'm going to have a boy. I said, I don't know, but I mean, if you're living in sin and you're disobeying God, that he still speaks to you? I'm not sure about that. He says, oh, yeah, he told me I'm going to have a boy. Well, guess what? Nine months later, he had a girl. I guess God was not speaking to him. He was putting words in God's mouth, and he was basically trying to say God is speaking to me when God was not speaking to him. So be very careful. What I want to say to you, be very careful who tells you that God told me to tell you. If the Holy Spirit doesn't witness that to you or, or, or whoever it is, and you make sure that you know who is talking to you. It is, it is God or it's you or is that person putting words in God's, putting words in, in God's mouth and saying, God is telling me this. You, be, you better be careful. Be very careful. Who tells you that God is telling me to tell you this? We take him many times for granted. And many times we interpret his silence to mean that he is absent or unconcerned. You get that? Many times we take him for granted. And many times we interpret his silence to mean that he is absent or he's unconcerned. Remember, uh, I think it was Elijah when they have these things that they were going to uh, prove who, which God was real. And then these people were burning things and Elijah was mocking them. Oh, maybe he's, maybe he went on a trip Sunday. Maybe he went to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, maybe he's just sleeping somewhere. Or maybe even said there, maybe he went to the bathroom or something. I don't know. Maybe he's somewhere taking care of himself. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Jesus. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. <laughs> So many times we think when he's silent, it's because he, he's like, he doesn't care for you. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. God cares for you even when you have a runny nose. He cares for you when your car doesn't start in the morning. He cares for you when the light bulb doesn't go on. I mean, he cares about everything. I remember Gene Wise. I don't know if you, many, some of you still remember Gene Wise. Gene Wise was one of the ladies who came to the church for years, and she needed these glasses that was more than glasses. I mean, it was like huge things, and she even couldn't see with those. So she had to have like this little light with a, with a thing that put the letters this big, 
And anyway, she, she had a hard time reading, but she, she was reading the Bible every day and every morning. Uh, unbelievable. But one day, she put her glasses somewhere, and she couldn't find them. And she, well, her eyes opened, but she couldn't see nothing. So she was looking everywhere, and finally, when she went everywhere in the house, she says, Lord, you know that I need those glasses. You know, Lord, that I cannot do without them. And she says, she puts her hand like this, not even looking for them, but she put, like, to hold, to hold down to something. And she put her hands on top of her glasses. It's not a God who cares even about the little things. Come on. You cannot tell me that God doesn't care about you when he hangs his son on the cross. You cannot tell me that God doesn't care for you when he says, even when you're a sinner, I love you and I came to save you. We cannot say that God doesn't care for me or for you when you cannot pay your rent or you lost your job or you got any sickness. You cannot say that God doesn't care for you. He does care and he does listen to you and he's always there with you. The problem is that we have so much noise and so many things in the world that we forget or we don't hear him talking to us. So you need to pay attention for, because God does care for you. He cares for you. He is in control of everything. And he does speak to us daily. How he speaks to you? He speaks to us through his word. I don't know how many people really read the word. I don't know. I, I, I pray that every day you read because this is your instructions. And if you don't read the instructions, I'm going to give you instructions to trick you. Amen? No? I don't know if you trust me enough to believe me that the Lord is telling me to you to give me $1,000. You believe that? No, I believe that, right? So you cannot trust me. You got to trust him and read the word so that you can really know, understand when somebody telling you, God telling me to tell you because it might not be true. So he is in control and he speaks to us daily. He speaks to you through his word. He speaks into our life through the Holy Spirit. And also he speaks to you through circumstances of life and relationships. He speaks to you through, through those hardships that you go through. He speaks to you through, through your wife, through your children. He speaks to you when things don't go well. He's speaking to you because he cares. He cares for you. So be ready to hear him. Be ready to hear him. Many Christians are falling into the same trap as Job. We think of the story of Job and we think, wow, poor Job. I mean, why God will have almost like a bed with Satan? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine Satan going to heaven and says, God, I wanna I'm going to bet you that Pastor Willie is not going to deny you. And, and God says, okay, try him. That's not nice. <laughs> I don't know. But that's what happened. But, you know, so we read Job and we think, oh, poor Job. But let's, say, let's read uh, Job. I didn't read Job, right? I didn't start with Job. No. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Let's, let's go to Job 34, 5, and 6. I was almost finished preaching without reading the word, Pastor Tom. That's no bueno. You're checking. 
I think my Bible doesn't have Job. It does. 34. Chapter 34, verse 5 and 6. Job says, I am innocent, but God denies me justice. Although I am right, I am considered, considered a liar. Although I am guiltless, his arrow inflicts an incurable wound. Just think of what you're reading, okay? Think of what, what we just read there. I am innocent, but God denies me justice. What did he say? He's saying that God is not just. That God is not right. I'm doing everything right. I go to church every Sunday. I come to all the meetings. I, do, I come to prayers. I fast for 40 days, and things is going wrong. That means God is not right. That's what you say? That's what we say? That's what he said. He said it. God is not right. I'm doing everything right. What's going on here? Why is, why is things is not, not, not happening to me when I do everything right? <laughs> Job could have done probably like many Christians would like to do. He probably could have carried a sign and hold a sign and says, I am, God is wrong and I am right. He could have carried a sign. Oh, after all that, he could have carried a sign and be pride for himself and says, you know what? I have done everything right. I come to church. I even tithe. Don't mention tithe in the church because half of the church will leave. <laughs> but tithing is part of being obedient. You can take it to the bank or you can take it to the trash. It's up to you. You can hold it or you can... Pull her out. You can tithe or you don't have to. But it's in the Bible. So, I'm doing everything right. So, therefore, God is wrong. That's what Job says. You know what he was really saying? That God is not a just God. Basically, that's what he was saying. God is not a just God. How can he allow all this to happen to me? When I'm a Christian. How can this, this thing happen to me when I am at church every Sunday? Why? How can my baby get sick when I'm a Christian? How can my mother pass away at such a young life when I'm a Christian? So Joe was saying... God is not a just God, for he allowed these things. And that's what Satan do to those who disobey God, but at the same oh, you doubt and God's love. He will point to you that God is not good. So he was really saying, God is not fair to me. God is not fair to me. And I pray that we as believers or members of Global River Church, no matter what you go through in life, don't ever declare with your mouth that God is not good, that he is not fair to you. He is good and he is fair to you, no matter what you go through. Now, Job also complained about the incurable disease. 
that he did not deserve because he did not do anything wrong. He complained about the disease that he had, and he's saying, why did I get this when I have not done nothing wrong? When you go through a situation in life, difficult time in your life, and you start blaming God because he haven't done any, because you haven't done anything wrong, that attitude will separate you from God, and God will be silent. You're not able to hear him. You can, God cannot speak to you because you separate yourself from him, and he will be silent until you get it, until you turn. This, this is a message, not, not rebuking anybody. This is a message that we need to understand that God is always right. He is love, and he's always good. Always. Doesn't matter what you go through. He's always good. When we go through life and things that are not happening the way we think, you need to trust him because he loves you. That's it. That's, that's the only thing you need to know. No matter what you go through, sickness or, or lack of whatever, you need to know. And you need to tell you to yourself and believe it, that God is good, that you need to trust him because he loves you. So you have to say, Father, I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't know why this situation is in my life, but I trust you because I know you love me. I remember Mary Z. Some of you met Mary Z. She died of cancer many, many years, well, years ago. And I remember I saw her in one of the events. It was in the tent in uh, Abdiya by the, um, the church where the guy has one leg, the, the pastor. Yeah, Paris Wheel. And I saw her probably a month before she passed away. And she was, I, I remember even when I first came a believer, we, we had some meetings, and she was always there, and I didn't know who she was. So out of being a baby in Christ, I used to say to my wife, I don't know, but that, every time I see that lady, I get so happy. <laughs> because she was such an encourager. I mean, no matter how you felt, and she came into the room, you just feel so good about her. I mean, it's like, wow. And anyway, she was, she was always happy and, and praising God, and it was wonderful. So I saw her there about a month before she passed away, and she was lost a lot of weight. I mean, she had two people kind of holding her and helping her. And I went to her and I say, Mary, how are you doing? And she goes, Pastor Willie, I'm okay. I'm doing good. She goes, I pray to the Lord that I don't understand why I have this cancer. I don't understand it. But my prayer is, Lord, if you have given me this so to glorify you, let it be. I want to glorify you through my sickness. I want to honor you through my sickness. I love you regardless if you take this away or you don't take it away. And that was her answer. That was her answer. You pray and you say, Lord, I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't want it to have this. But if, I, if, I, if this is purpose in my life to glorify you, thank you. Thank you. For he will see you through. He will get you through that. He was, you might pass away through that. It's okay. We're not, we're not going anywhere. We're just going to heaven. 
We're not going to, you know, the Bible says you're not going to die. So we don't have to worry about dying and living this, this world. In fact, Paul says, it's better if I go. So just think of that, that he's always good. He loves you. He's always right. So whatever you're going through in life, trust him. For he is doing, or he's accomplishing a good thing or good purpose in your life. He's, he is the reason why he accomplishes something. And I, I, I need to finish, but I want to go quickly to, the, to a few, two stories here. The story of David. We know, I, what I was going to say is, if you separate yourself for a day from the Lord, you start acting and you own, and most of the time that you separate yourself from him, you're doing things, something that is not right, and therefore the consequences of that can be years, not one day. So if you disobey God for one day, that can be a consequence for years. I told the Spanish congregation, I have been happily ever after married for 40 years. Right, Nilsa? <laughs> she didn't say nothing. Hon, give me a microphone. Come on. <laughs> she was happy. <laughs> um, but I can guarantee you, God forbid and God protect me, if I go and spend five minutes of pleasure with another girl, that ruins the 40 years that we have invested in. And I destroy my home. I destroy my family. I destroy the ministry. And I probably be run out of town because everybody knows my wife. And they would think I would be, <laughs> yeah, loco la cabeza. So one, one moment of separation from God can bring a destruction or consequences of many, many years. And that's why you have to understand that it's not that God hates you. It is that he set, it, he set things in place that he cannot change. It's that way and you cannot change it. You're not going to manipulate and say, well, God, I made a mistake. Well, maybe you have. And the Lord says, yep, you did. But here's your ticket. I made a mistake. I went through the red light. Sorry, sir, I made a mistake. I understand, but here's your ticket. Go and pay for it. <laughs> Don't do it again. One time I was a waiter. Jesus help me. I was a waiter in New York and I, I didn't charge for a shrimp cocktail. I forgot. I didn't do it on purpose. I forgot. And uh, so you have to write everything in, in the ticket so you got to match the, uh, the order that you put in the kitchen. So I, when they put the two t tickets together, I, they saw there that I, they got a shrimp cocktail, but I didn't charge. So... The owner came to me and says, uh, Willie, what's this? And I said, oh, my God, I, I am so sorry. His name was George. I'm sorry, George. I, he says, oh, it's okay. Just go and pay for it. And he goes, it's not the money. It's this way you don't do it again. <laughs> and this is how God is. It's not, it's not he hates you. It's just don't do it again. <laughs> so, <laughs> So he is David separating himself for a while. Instead of going to a place that he should have been, he stayed home for a little bit. And, and the mess that he made caused him a tremendous damage to his family. You, you guys know the story of David, right? Okay. Now we see Joseph, the son of Jacob. We think of Joseph and we see all these wonderful young men that didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> In fact... He, he said it. He says, I, I mean, I don't, I don't deserve all this. But he separated himself, or at least for one moment, 
he, he trusts men rather than God. And because of that little bit, I truly believe that it caused him two more years in prison. This is my belief. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but let's look at the Bible. Okay? Where are we? We are in Genesis 40. Genesis 40. 14 and 15. We're almost done. Just hang with me, okay? <laughs> are you guys hungry? Don't worry. That food, that food is very spicy. You're not going to like it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're going to like it. Don't tell me that, that, that Spanish food is better than, than the Holy Spirit food. Come on. That's not, that's not right. Okay. Genesis 40, verse 14 and 15. Remember when uh, uh, Joseph was in prison and uh, all these things was happening. And then he, two people were there. that They used to be in Pharaoh's palace. And he interpreted this dream. So he interpreted the dreams. Everything came through. And he is uh, 14 and 15. Uh, Genesis 40, he says, he told one of the guys, he says, but when you go, no, but when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For a little bit, I don't know, but for a little bit, he kind of trust and Pharaoh or these men to get me out. And then he says, for I was, for I was forcibly carrier off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Even here, I have done nothing to deserve this. Why am I here? We don't know. The question, the thing is that God was preparing. But that caused him at least two years because we read that the, this guy, so what I say to you is don't trust any man. Because you might trust me. You say, Pastor Willie, please, please. Pray for me tonight because I probably go home and I get too much pizza. And then I completely forget about you. <laughs> yeah. So you got to trust the Lord. Don't, don't put your trust on any man. If you need prayer and you ask somebody to pray, don't, don't allow that person to say, okay, I pray for you later. No, pray for me now. I want you to pray for me right now. Don't, don't go later because you will forget. So here we see that this guy forgot. But look at verse 41. 41.1. And 41.1 says, when two full years have passed, Pharaoh had a dream. When two full years passed. Why? If he didn't say anything to this guy, I believe that Pharaoh would have a dream the next day. I, anyway, this is, this is what I think. It might not be true, but this is what I think. Because of that little bit of separation and trusting, God says, you know what? He was going to have a dream tomorrow. But now you're going to have to wait two years to teach you how to really, really trust me. And to know that I am the one in control. Not Pharaoh. I control this situation, not you. Okay. So no matter what God does, he's always right. Romans 9, 14 and 16, 16 it says, what then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not, therefore, depend on human desire or effort, but in God's mercy. Thank God. You got to thank the Lord for the mercy that he has on you. 
and on me. For he redeemed us. He took out of the crazy world and he had put us in the place that we are protected. So we thank you, Lord. He doesn't need to report to anyone. Did you know that? He doesn't need to report to Donald Trump or to anybody else in the world. More powerful or, or, or any other king or president or whoever. God doesn't need to report to anyone. He doesn't need to apologize to anyone. He doesn't need to ask permission to do anything. He is God. And the beginning God. Amen? And the beginning God. And it ends there. And the beginning God. And it is finished. It is done. And the beginning God. For he is God. He is in control. So you better trust him. So what we need to do is trust him, love him, because he loves us and he is good. Amen? Jesus, thank you, Lord. All right, let's stand. Thank you, Lord. First time, do you have anything to say or just close this in prayer? We thank you for those who, are, those who watch on the net. We pray that you got this message, that you, the Lord will speak to you as he has spoken to us here. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for your, for your, for your, for your prayer, for your service. Father God, we thank you for the message Thank you, Lord, that you called us to trust you and to know that you do love us. And, Father God, that you always right, no matter what goes through our life. I don't get what I need. It is because you are right, and I was wrong. So, Father, we thank you. I pray blessing upon this congregation. Cover them, Father God. Protect them. Protect their families. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So go amen. enjoy lunch.